Coming up on today's show. Music is definitely not a job that you go in for to become famous. I don't think that that's a healthy reason to choose music. Music is a career path where you just love what you do every single day. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Get in touch with me by writing to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you can DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, my guest is a multi-award-winning singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who has a new single coming out this Friday, February 9th. She achieved back-to-back number one iTunes charting singles, and her singles have graced popular playlists like Spotify's Fresh Country and Apple Music's Today's Country, to name just two. She has premiered on CMT, and her success went global when country music star Thomas Rhett raised a glass celebrating the movement for the song you're currently hearing. She has over 6,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, where her top five songs alone have a combined total of well over 800,000 streams, and her official YouTube channel has a combined total of 2.1 million video views. You've been hearing a song of hers called Cheers, Y'all, Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Cassidy Ray. Oh my goodness, hi. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this, especially the crazy time difference. I believe you're 15 hours ahead of me down there in Australia. The future looks good right now. I'm having such a great time. Well worked off. Good. I was tempted to ask you what things are like in the future. What's going to happen tomorrow? (laughs) You know what? It's looking pretty sunny, but here in Australia, we're experiencing summer, so it's quite humid right now. I don't think I can say the same for Americans, though. Well, I live in Florida, so we do have some very nice weather right now. But yes, indeed, there's parts of the country that are jealous of you and me both. Let's start off (laughs) by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Cheers, Y'all, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics unobstructed. Oh, my goodness. It's such a fun song. I was actually lucky enough to have the opportunity to perform as a guest entertainer with Carnival Cruise Lines, and I've had residencies all around the world. And it started quite a number of years ago but when I first started I was sent over to Miami Florida and I would finish a song and raise my glass and I would say cheers and my audience would respond with cheers y'all like thanks so much for having us and they would speak with this American accent (laughs) and just say cheers y'all and I went oh my goodness I love the way that you say that and it became habitual I would have I think I had 72 shows in a row 72 days consecutively Mm. And every night, song after song, they would say, cheers, y'all. And it became quite habitual that when I first left for the contract, I said goodbye to mum and dad. And I said, you know, see you later. Have a great day. How you doing? And I came back after this contract going, hey, y'all. How y'all doing? (laughs) Cheers, y'all. And it became quite a habitual thing for me to say. 
And I thought I write about love and life and what I'm inspired by and I happen to be surrounded by this word and I thought it would make such a really cool song to have cheers y'all and every time I raise a glass people would raise it with me no matter where they were and they'd have this fun atmosphere that they wouldn't all be listening to you know heartbreak and heartache and is it love or isn't it a Mm. you know it's just a song about having fun and being with friends and not thinking about you know that relationship having a different sort of relationship to focus on and I thought about releasing it I went to somebody in my team at the time and they went you actually can't say y'all Australians don't say y'all you shouldn't do that. Nobody in Australia is going to like it. And mm. I went, well, as Australians, we shorten everything. Like here, breakfast is brekkie and a cup of tea or a cup of coffee is a cuppa. McDonald's is Macca's. Ah. Afternoon is Arvo. So why shouldn't you all be y'all? And I ended up going on this really cool radio tour with this song. But, yeah, that's the story behind Cheers Y'all was literally sitting in a bar at my show, raising a glass and celebrating rather than focusing on everything else. Cheers Y'all is this party to the good times that you share with friends. I love that story. And it seems like it was a very logical song for you to right because of what you just described however that being said did it come very quickly did you write the song very quickly or is it oh i had the idea but it still took me a while to put it together yes and no a lot of my songs come quite quickly thankfully whereas i kind of think of myself like spongebob squarepants as a writer where i'm kind of soaking up all of this information and the world around me and then i kind of like squeeze out like a sponge and it all comes dripping onto the piano or the guitar whatever i find first usually so it almost feels like a magnet to be fair i'm drawn to the instruments and the song comes out. However, I had a couple of different versions of the song before I settled on one that I was like, this is magic. This is the one that I'm in love with. And I got to work with this incredible producer and friend of mine called Michael Carpenter and and we brought this to life and every part of it just feels like magic. So explain to us what the circumstances were as it relates to Thomas Rhett raising a glass to celebrate the song. It was the CMA festival and I was in Australia. It was about 2 a.m. in the morning when they were streaming live and I managed to reach out and actually tweet to Thomas Rhett and ask him to join the Cheers Your Movement. He's read my post and live online he's raised a glass and said, you know what, I'm going to join this. I'm going to raise my glass and say cheers, y'all. Wow. And I believe he also said, I've got water right now, but I wish this was something stronger. (laughs) Which kind of 100% gave me the credibility to be like, you know what, this is spread so far and wide, this incredible country music star that I listen to and fangirl over you know, is acknowledged the song. So I think that's really cool. That's a great story. And come on, let's admit it. To go back to those people who said, you can't say cheers, y'all. We don't say that in Australia. You go, there you go. Come on. If Thomas Rhett is giving his seal of approval to it, I think I was on to something that you have to admit. (laughs) I had a good idea. And y'all who told me I shouldn't do it, sorry, but I was right. (laughs) Right. You know, taking this all the way around, Australia on this really cool radio tour I got in the car and I said 
I'm going to prove that not just Americans say y'all, but every Australian says y'all. Mm. I'm going to get the radio hosts in Australia, every country music radio host that I can find. I'm going to get them to say y'all as well in the song with me to kind of just further prove that Australians say it. So I would go around with my guitar. I'd play it from Queensland to New South Wales to Victoria to South Australia. So I think four states we ended up covering on this radio tour getting so many hundreds of radio stations to join the Choose Your Movement. So it was really cool. When did that take place? And then for those in the audience that don't know what a radio tour is, for those that don't know what that means, describe what that consisted of, as well as, like I said, when was this that this happened, this radio tour? It's like such a fun camping trip. I say this, okay, so... Being a resident entertainer with Carnival Cruise Lines, somebody once said, it's like you're on vacation. And it's very true. I live where people vacation, but I got to do what I absolutely love, which is perform every single night. And radio tour is very similar. It's like being on vacation. We had a massive road trip out on the road going to different places. It was a lot of work and a lot of miles travelled to share this song and it was actually started when we released Cheers Y'all. So it was a, a little while, but you know what? We absolutely loved it. We got to hop on the road, go visit all of these regional towns as well as central towns and capital cities here in Australia, going to different radio stations, some of them who I've been friends with for years, others who I just met. I got to take my guitar in. We got to have a chat on radio, do some content for their station, be able to actually meet them in person, enjoy their town and experience that culture because it's such a different culture from where I grew up, oh. and then keep on the road. Yeah, and I want the audience to understand a radio tour, if you're not familiar, is very planned. It's very scheduled. It's not too different from a concert tour. So Cassidy Ray is not just showing up at these radio stations unannounced with her guitar saying, hey, can I jump on the air and play the song for you? It's mapped out so she knows the dates, the times, just like any performances that she would be doing. Cassidy Ray, while we're talking about music of yours, the day after tomorrow, Friday, February 9th, you are releasing a new single, which is always an exciting time. Tell us all about what we're going to hear when that comes out this weekend. I am obsessed with this song. I am so excited. This brand new anthem for all music lovers is called Fangirl. It is literally taking you through this ride through fandom. It's got infectious beats, relatable lyrics. Whether you are in your bedroom singing along to your favourite song by your favourite artist or whether you are front row at the show or decked out in merch, this song is for everybody. Fangirl is about those moments where you obsess over your favourite artist. Be Taylor Swift, who I am definitely a Swifty and fangirling over. I'm counting down the days till she has her Eras tour here in Australia. Be it whether you are fangirling over Thomas Rhett or, you know, your favourite rock artist, it doesn't matter. Fangirl is just a celebration. It's bringing to life that universal experience of fangirl and it is this absolute anthem that honestly it's going to get stuck in people's heads. So sorry, not sorry. You're going to love it. <laughs> well, and I love your enthusiasm for it. And I love, Cassidy Ray, that you seized upon something that is so prominent right now, which is the concept of fangirling. People use that expression. It's so common nowadays in pop culture to talk about fangirling. So the fact that you recognize that and then turned it into a song 
hats off to you because it is such a common expression that it's one of those things where you have to take a step back and say, it is so popular that, gosh, why don't I just write a song about it? Actually, exactly. I had a member of my audience, a fan, come up to me after one of my shows and say, oh, my goodness, I am fangirling over you and your songs and everything you're doing. I'm absolutely obsessed. And I walked away from that going, oh, my goodness, I love those words. And they kind of stuck with me. And I went, wow, somebody was fangirling over my show and over what I was creating. I think, you know, I fangirl over Taylor Swift and to be able to have somebody fangirling over me, I think that's so cool. And like I said, I write about life and love and everything that I'm kind of experiencing and interacting with. And I thought I've never heard of a song about fangirling. I think it would make such an interesting topic and I love relating to my fans and I love relating to this community and writing about what they're experiencing as well. So it kind of just, it was another one of those songs that came so quickly mm. and I was grateful. I had the song mostly done. We got to go into the studio with M squared and they got to co-write it with me and bring magic to it. And I'm just so grateful to release it. I love that you told that story about the fan coming up to you and telling you after a show, because I think that helps the audience to understand the context with which you're using fangirling, because unfortunately, some people might mistake it for someone who's a stalker, someone who is fangirling in a nuisance kind of way. I want to get away from this person. So I love that you're celebrating just kind of that connection between an artist and a fan and the appreciation that you have for them saying that and for their support and this spoken support that they have that they express to you. Yeah, I think it's definitely important to clarify a distinction between stalking and, you know, negatively obsessing rather than fangirling, which is literally just falling in love with the music, knowing when an artist is you know, born (laughs) and falling in love with the artist and their personality. You know, I think there's a very clear distinction. Fangirling is meant to be this healthy obsession. Okay, so in light of the new single coming out Friday, I'm sure it's no coincidence, but you are going to be touring later this year. When specifically will that be and where will that take you to? And also, will these be solo shows or full band? Oh, great question. I'm so excited for the rest of this year. (laughs) After some residencies at the start of the year, I'll be taking my show on the road with my band as well as acoustically. So there's going to be a little bit of a mix of both all around the East Coast of Australia to start with. It's going to be so much fun into regional towns and then to you know, I have fans all around, so it's kind of wherever they want me to be. We're creating the show and the tour right now. So if people are out there and they're listening in and they want me to come to America, definitely let me know where you want me to come because I'd love to have a tour over there as well. Well, and I'm sure that Cassidy Ray would not pass up a chance to come to Europe or Asia. This show has gotten listeners from 163 countries around the world. So wherever you are, if this sounds like something that you know that your town would support, by all means, get in touch with her, get in touch with her team. And it sounds like Cassidy Ray, I'm putting this in the form of a question. It sounds like you are very versatile in terms of not only solo shows versus full band, but you're not pigeonholing yourself into just one specific type of venue. You are a hundred percent correct. We just finished a pop-up show last night, actually at this cork and chroma. We were all making friendship bracelets 
celebrating Taylor Swift coming out to Australia for the Eras Tour here. Our Swifty, our fandom is going wild here in Australia. And I was so excited to be able to actually debut Fangirl and play it live Mm. for the venue and for the sold-out crowd. And honestly, I just wanted to make friendship bracelets. But then also, you know, I'll be having venues in my tour where I'll be performing to halls of 300. I also just headlined at Rockhampton, which is in Northern Queensland at their country on Kershaw concert to celebrate Australia Day. So the venues are quite versatile, but I am just excited to actually get my music out there to the fans that have been coming to the shows for years and actually coming to them. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, and in fact, that show that you just mentioned, the concert that you headlined in Rockhampton there in Queensland, that I know we had just started to connect with one another and you needed to get through that first. That's how big a deal this obviously was. So just tell us a little bit more about that show. Maybe for those of us that are far, far away from Australia, what the venue is like in terms of the capacity, how long your show was for and and how that ties in with maybe other things that were going on in celebration of Australia Day. Yeah. So this show was about 3,000 people. And I was so excited to actually headline the show alongside local artists like Kate McHood and Rachel D and the Tony Cook Music Band. They were so accommodating and welcoming for my band. We got to have live music all throughout the day and actually celebrate Australia Day. Australia Day is kind of like what the 4th of July is for Americans. It's Independence Day. And so honestly, it's just a great day for communities, for families to get together and celebrate. It's a great party for the start of the year. And we got to play all of our favourite Aussie songs as well as all of my favourite songs. The minute we finished the show, the festival organisers came up to us and said, do you need help with line management? Because the line of fans waiting at the merch table was I don't think they were expecting how long it was. Wow. We were there for a good hour after the show had oh ended. Oh, my gosh. Still signing, taking photos. I loved absolutely every second of it. I can't wait to come back and do another show there. Wow. Congratulations. And you did such a good job. I could picture the whole thing in my head, especially when you compared it to 4th of July. And we've all seen, regardless of what country we live in, where there is a day-long celebration of something. And you know that it's leading up to a headliner show at eight o'clock or at nine o'clock or whatever time it is. So congratulations. That sounds tremendous. And I want to clarify for the audience, when Cassidy Ray said we got to do Aussie songs, she's saying A-U-S-S-I-E. She's not saying Aussie like Ozzy Osbourne songs, because I know some of you thought that. <laughs> yep. Yes, you're right. Australian songs. My Aussiness was coming through your Aussie songs, not Aussie Osbourne. I think we played I Am Australian when I was a part of the Australian Girls Choir. We actually got to play this song all around the world. So to me, it's a special song that's quite close to my heart. So when I headlined at Country on Kershaw, I wanted everybody to sing along with me and kind of bring that back, which I'm very grateful for. Is this an event, this event that you headlined, is this something that you had gone to maybe as a young girl and attended and saw these performances over the course of the day, a headlining act, and now all these years later, here you are headlining it by any chance? 
this was my first time in Rockhampton, but uh, I've okay. been to so many festivals watching the headlines and Aussie Day events where I've seen people up on the main stage and, you know, it's always a dream come true when I get to take the stage. And honestly, I don't want anybody to miss out, so I've got so much footage to share my team, I think, took over 3,600 photos Whoa. during the headline show and I can't wait to share as many as I possibly can <laughs> as well as, you know, clips of being up on stage, sharing Fangirl, which, you know, everybody got a little bit of a sneak peek before it's going to be released this Friday. And how far away is Rockhampton from you? Is it 30 minutes down the road or is it no, Bruce? This is a three and a half hour drive. Try seven hour oh, drive. Oh gosh. Yeah. Wow. You know what? The road trip was so easy. I had experienced it from the radio tour. It prepped me for this. <laughs> this is really crazy. You started to mention this earlier. Three weeks ago on episode 518, we heard Kristen Long, another singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, talk about going on nine years that she's been working with Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. And audience, for those that did not hear that interview, it's pretty simple to navigate back three weeks to episode 518, but I'm going to put a link to it anyways on the show page for Cassidy Ray's episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. But Cassidy Ray, you were mentioning you have had residencies aboard Carnival Cruise Line. So just tell us more about that. Over what period of time are those solo Cassidy Ray performances, I'm assuming? Just give us all the details. Yeah, so I've been working as a resident for Carnival for seven years. Wow. And those shows consist of, I think I've done over 300 shows mm. at sea. I've spent over a year at sea, so I'm sure I've done more than 360 wow. shows at sea during my time. They consist of me playing the piano, playing the guitar, playing with an entire dance playlist cast around me mm. playing with a band so it's quite versatile on the ships as well it actually all started when I was at school when I joined the school choir leading into the chapel band I absolutely loved music my parents always said if you love what you do you never work a day in your life which is a lie because you work very hard, you just absolutely love what you do and you get up very excited, which is why it's so exciting to be able to actually chat with you so early in the morning. Well worth it. But I always ended up picking the music door, be it a part of the band, be it then leaving school to join the Australian Girls Choir, be it, you know, having my own shows around New South Wales and Sydney to then going to Macquarie University where I was a part of studying music and arts practice and management, and that's where the residency started for me. So it was kind of one of my very first jobs where I was employed by somebody else, not just employed by myself. So it was definitely an eye-opener to travelling the world and getting to do what I love to do, which is play music and have literally hundreds of people every single night singing the words back along with me. I couldn't ask for better. And, you know, be it in a piano bar, be it playing with my guitar, be it on the main stage with the playlist cast, be it playing with the band all around the ship. You know, it takes on many forms, these residencies, and I love every bit of it. But I'm curious because clearly a cruise line is going to want the passengers to be entertained with music that they're familiar with. So is it 100% cover songs or are you able to occasionally slip in some originals? And then for that matter, do you get to interact with the guests in conversation 
off stage, I'm holding up air quotes, to where you can tell them, oh, by the way, I do original music, find me online? So the way that I actually have my show is quite different to other musicians where I actually encourage people to talk to me. Something that I learned from the get-go was when I was over in America, American songs are very different to Australian songs. So when I was first off at this residency, they said, come knowing 200 songs. And I, very Aussie of me, said, she'll be right. Classic Aussie saying, I know about 250. I've played around Australia with at pubs and clubs she'll be right I'm ready to go I got over to Miami Florida hopped on the carnival sensation and got introduced to my piano bar which is kind of like at the very first show it is a piano that sits in the middle of the room Mm. and the crowd sits around you (laughs) rather than you know you have a stage and the crowd sits in front of you and it's kind of like that one-on-one interaction okay this show and this setup that carnival's provided allows a 360 degree involvement that you're literally in the middle of the crowd that there is always interaction and my Manager said, you know, welcome to your bar. This is where you're going to perform for the next 72 days. Guests are going to request songs from this songbook and you're going to play them. And I was like, cool, when are we going to get songs made up for all the songs that I know how to play? And he kind of looked at me and laughed and he said, no, piano bar entertainers and guest entertainers know these songs. You're going to play these songs. And I kind of looked through the book and I I wish I was joking. I knew three songs. Oh, boy. And I knew Piano Man, American Pie and I Will Survive. I grew up in a very healthy household. We had no sweet Carolines, no sweet Childermines, no sweet home Alabamas. (laughs) You know, it was was kind of a learning experience. I'd never heard of Jimmy Buffet. In fact, I called him (laughs) Jimmy Buffet for a good three months until somebody told me, you realize it's Jimmy Buffett. And I went, spelt the same, sounds the same. What are you talking about? We don't have margaritaville in australia so there was a massive learning curve Mm. that my show was less about let me entertain you with these songs that i know and you're going to appreciate them and then move on to i want to involve you is there a song that you want me to learn can i learn these for you you know what songs do you absolutely love listening to and from the very first show, it was very much a conversation between my audience and myself. And that's the way I've actually kept my shows because it's been quite successful for years now where, you know, from the very first show of the cruise, guests will come in and I say, this is the way that I run it. If you have a song request, yell it at me because I've learned over a thousand songs mm. now. I should know how to play it. And you know what? If I don't know it, I'll happily learn it. My wow. whole goal is to be able to provide as much fun for them as I'm having. And the more fun that they have, the more fun that I have, the better I'll play, the more that I'll sing, which means the more fun that I'll have, <laughs> which means the more fun. It's like a vicious fun cycle. It never ends. And so the very first set of the night, you know, guests will go, what are your favourite songs to play? And I'll always say my songs Uh, because it's true. I love being able to play my songs. So a lot of my show becomes predominantly about sharing stories and those stories happen to involve my originals as well as my favourite songs. You know, I'd never heard of Wagon Wheel and (laughs) it became this massive thing where a guest went, you know, I absolutely love Wagon Wheel. In the back of this song request book was Wagon Wheel and I went, that's a song. I'm going to make up moves to this song because I don't just want to like sit on an iPad and be in the back corner of a room and have, you know, guests just like talking and I'm just the background music. I never wanted that. So I went, I wanted to entertain them. I wanted to know the song. And so I went, 
I'm going to make up moves. And so I made up moves to Wagon Wheel and guests absolutely loved one of the moves that I did where I looked like a train when I said the word southbound train, that seven years later it is now a thing, that it's not just, you know, Darius Rucker's song or the Old Medicine Crow Band song. It's kind of like I've, I've got my own little spin on it. Um, so it's covers, it's requests, it's having a good night, but it's actually quite a lot of my own music and my own stories that it's like three to four hours of fun. I was going to say that when you described the level of dialogue that's taking place with the audience, it seems very, very natural for you to talk to them and say, would it be all right if I played one of my own songs? Would y'all like that? Is that okay? And, you know, now you've already got them hooked. So of course they're going to go, yeah, come on, let's hear what you got. So I love the way that you've developed all that. And the fact that you said, I wanted to turn it into that I'm there to give them a show. I'm not just background music in the corner. That's wonderful. Well, you know, a musician's job is to entertain, but I actually also, you know, I'm not asking if it's okay to play my songs. I've got them screaming at the top of their lungs <laughs> to play the song that I haven't done yet. You know, I had Fangirl, which comes out this Friday. I was writing it on the cruise ship. Ah. And as I'd finished writing it, they went, you know, we'd heard you earlier in the day play us a new one, play us a song you've never played mm. for anybody before. And I played them fangirl. And at the end of the night, at the end of the song, really, they said, you know, we absolutely love this song. Can you send us the lyrics? Mm. And they've done this on so many songs beforehand. I'd sent them the lyrics and they spent their entire day while they were on vacation learning my Whoa. song. And they came back the following night to the next show and they went, play fangirl again, Whoa. play fangirl again, play fangirl. But, you know, I don't even have to ask if it's okay if I play my original music. They've got their hands in the air. They're all chanting for my song, One More Song. They're all chanting to play Chijol and they're mm. chanting for a song that I haven't even released yet called Fangirl. And they've got their phones out. They're reading the lyrics. They're making up moves. I released this TikTok, which is one of my favorite videos ever. And you can see the crowd in the background and they're like so in it. They're singing to each other. They're swaying. They've got heart <laughs> hands in the air. They've got their hands in the air. You know, one of the lyrics is, it's safe to say that I'm obsessed. You should be paying rent inside my head. And there's this guy in the background, like got his hands on his head. He's got moves to the entire song. It's absolutely amazing that the way that I create a show it's less about, you know, asking for permission to play my own songs, but gotcha. getting a crowd so invested in the fun and so invested in the show and the entertainment that I'm creating and, and putting on for them that they go, we're so invested, we, we want to hear your own stuff, we need to hear it night after night, the same songs, which is, you know, heartwarming. An audience, we are going to move on, but I just want to make one final point just to reinforce the compliment that I'm giving to Cassidy Ray, which is, yes, okay, the piano is set up in the middle of the room. So there is something to be said for that location. At the same time, it still could be very easy for a musician to walk into a situation like that and say, I'm going to put this on cruise control. He or she sits down at the piano and just looks down the whole time and just plays their songs and doesn't engage the audience. And then before you know it, the passengers are getting up and walking away and saying, let's go do something else or let's go over to the buffet or whatever it is. So I do want to make sure that you understand that I'm saying Cassidy Ray has a choice, but a musician, an entertainer, a performer in that scenario could very well choose to just put it on cruise control and not engage to the extent that Cassidy Ray is. So it's a credit to her as a performer that she's saying, I'm going to seize the opportunity. I'm going to connect with these people 
And as someone that creates original music, it is an opportunity for her to gain some fans. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Cassidy Ray. Visit her official website at cassidy-ray.com. And of course, that's R-A-E. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Her original music... Well, in the store section of her website, there are CDs and digital downloads, not to mention a really big selection of cool merchandise. On her website, though, you will also see links to purchase downloads of her original music from the likes of Apple Music, Amazon Music, the usual online digital music retailers. You heard me say in the intro that she currently has over 6,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So do give her a follow on there, but don't just stream her music. Support Cassidy Ray by purchasing her music, including the newest single this Friday, Fangirl. There are also links, logos, to connect via social media, specifically Facebook, Twitter... Okay, X, (laughs) Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you did not see it in my weekly e-newsletter or via the Instagram post, a couple weeks ago at PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando, where I was one of the speakers, I got to sit in as a guest host for the OWL podcast. That was fun. It was being live-streamed across lots and lots of platforms. But what's really cool coming out of that event is there's an update that just took place with the OWL app That makes it so much easier to answer calls coming in through there now. They've got it to where it looks like the same as a regular phone call coming in, and the caller ID will even show OWL on there so you know that that's where it's coming from. Remember, by the way, that this is OWL like the bird, except with two W's and two L's. I had concerns recently about changes that are happening in the world of email marketing and wondered where I could find an expert who could help me navigate through that. And as soon as I thought of expert, I thought of OWL. Here's how to learn more about this great way to connect instead of just limiting yourself to, say, LinkedIn, for example. On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says home, and then read the article that I have there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. It has links to download the app for free, And it has my invitation code, which is a required field as you're setting it up on your phone. Cassidy Ray, before all that, you were talking about Carnival Cruise Lines. And in terms of an even higher profile gig, wow, why did I not include this in the intro at the start of the show? Tell us about singing with the Australian Girls Choir for the Pope in the Vatican, as well as for Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, and former President Barack Obama. Oh my goodness, right? How crazy is that? I still have pinch me moments where I go, was that really real? How was I growing up, you know, driving down to the Australian Capital Territory, our capital, Canberra, performing for President Barack Obama, driving back three hours and then going to a math test? Like, how is that a thing? (laughs) You know? I was very fortunate to be a part of the Australian Girls Choir, which is also known as the Qantas Choir, the one that you see in the ads. It was this life-changing experience and this opportunity to foster a love further for music with girls that are interested all from around Sydney, all around Australia, that also just loved music. You know, when you go to school, you kind of put in a class of people that just happen to be in the same locality as you. But Australian Girls Choir, you all chose 
to go there because you loved music. And from there, you kind of ascend all these different levels to the performing choir where that's the group of girls. It was about 80 girls out of 300 in Sydney specifically. And you would go around and perform at all of these different events. And then there was a smaller group chosen to perform for Oprah Winfrey at the Oprah Winfrey show when she came to Australia. Mm. You know, Hugh Jackman was there. We got to sing with Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman. Wow right at the opera house which was absolutely amazing we got to perform for ellen degeneres when she arrived in sydney and i swear i've never seen an airport more packed (laughs) for just a person walking out of baggage claim (laughs) my goodness there are thousands in the choir around three thousand five hundred when i was there and even more so now around australia so to be chosen as one of like 10 people to perform for ellen degeneres was a true honor and when i was 15 i auditioned and was one of 40 to be flown from Paris to all around Italy from like Florence to Marustica to Venice to the Vatican and then Hong Mm. Kong and while we were in the Vatican we had the extreme honor of attending one of the Pope's masses and we were in the very top I tell you I remember sitting down and having an Italian girl next to us going shush he is praying. And I went, okay, because it's all in Italian and I speak <laughs> English. Uh, so having no idea what's going on until, you know, he kind of gestures towards us and we got to stand up in this incredibly ornate, beautiful church and sing I Still Call Australia Home, sing I Am Australian for the Pope. You know, it was an extreme honour. And then, you know, walking into the church next door, being completely technologically inept, calling my parents and being like, guys, guess what? I just performed for the Pope. And they're like, great. And my dad just went, pictures are no proof. Very Aussie of him. Like, well done, sweetheart. Pictures are no proof. See you when you get home. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so giddy. I walk into the church. I'm looking around the church that kind of is famous for the Da Vinci Code movie (laughs) right at the end of that plot. And I'm like, whoa, I'm going to take photos and my camera is all fuzzy. I'm going to press every button, which includes the button that said erase all images. Oh, no. Yep. (laughs) I called my dad up again crying. I said, I've just gotten rid of all of my pictures after performing for the Pope in Rome. And my camera's still fuzzy. And he went, well, pictures are no proof. See you when you get home. Mm. So I ended up getting Facebook and got to actually get all of the girls from the rest of that trip to Uh. send me uh, photos. Interesting reason to get Facebook, right? (laughs) By the way, was that Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, or Pope John Paul II? It was the Pope in 2009. (laughs) You can tell I'm not Catholic. I'm so sorry. I believe it was Pope Benedict the 16th. By the way, audience, as crazy as it might seem, there was another guest on the show who talked about singing for the Pope at the Vatican multiple times, actually. That was Claire Cordara back at the end of September. She was on episode 502 with Ken Stacey. I'll put a link to that interview, too on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Cassidy Ray, when I first brought you on, I had mentioned all the success you're having on YouTube. Can you tell us all about Sunday sit-downs, the live online streaming that you've been doing for the past five years to connect with your audience? I'm guessing that that's being done on YouTube. 
it's being done on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Sunday sit-downs, I took my show from cruise ships and when I came back home to Australia from America I had fans going you know we miss hanging out with you we missed your shows we miss seeing you around the ship and singing your songs Mm. and we just actually Mm. want to chat and have a cuppa and it was kind of this idea to take the online world you know lives had only just really started to become a thing it was barely being introduced on facebook the idea of going live around the world not just posting a video and i took this platform and i went you know this is a time that we can actually chat you see the videos of me performing you get to hang out with me this is an avenue where every sunday same time same place We'll get to sit down, have a cuppa, and I'll get to chat with you about your lives and get to know you past the point of fans and actually becoming friends. And you'll get to know me past the point of just being an entertainer and know me as an artist, know me as a person, and hopefully a friend as well. And so it's not meant to be this show. It's not standing up and performing. It's literally sitting down on a Sunday and it's been so successful we've been doing it for nearly five years now every Sunday consecutively and I ask every week whether they want to keep going and they keep saying Mm. yes sharing it with their friends and waking up I think it's a 5 p.m on a Saturday night in America and it's 8 a.m on a Sunday morning you know sitting down and just chatting I love it. It's actually one of my favourite times because, you know, while I love getting to play music and write music that's so relatable for the fans that I'm connecting with, I think my favourite part about music is being able to actually connect with people and talk with them and share their lives with them. So this is such a great opportunity to do that beyond the music and to be able to share the music is just, you know, an added bonus. Well, and I was doing the math in my head because I had said that you've been doing it for the past five years. As you started telling the story, I thought, oh, she was doing this during the pandemic. And then I thought, no, if it was five years, she started in 2019, probably. Yeah, I released a song called More. And it was kind of, I was sitting at home and I was chatting with my team. And I said, I really want to connect with people before I share this song. And I'm having so many fans reach out saying they missed me on ships and on residencies and all around the world and they wished that I was everywhere all at once and I went well you know what spur of the moment it's a Sunday I'm gonna go live Mm. and I sat there and I went it's Sunday I'm sitting down welcome to Sunday sit down (laughs) (laughs) I'm very creative with my titles (laughs) but you know there's two things that you did that are really worth highlighting number one is and you've said it a couple times but it bears repeating that you were staying connected with those people who had met you on cruise ships that said, we miss you, we loved seeing you, we love hearing you perform. But number two is for the people who can't get to see you on a cruise ship, or maybe there's people who are never going to go on a cruise in their life for one reason or another, so they get to experience, they might be someone who hears a lot. She always talks about this show that she does on cruise ships, but I'll never get to see that. So the answer is, yes, you can if you watch Sunday sit-downs. Yeah. And it's, you know, allowing them to become friends. I love artists that don't have a separation between artists and fans. I wanted to always create this idea that fans are more than fans. They're friends. They're a community. They're being so incredibly supportive, streaming my music constantly. I recently went to 
the major country music festival here in Australia called the Tamworth Country Music Festival. And I had a meet and greet breakfast Mm. with fans. And this one lady came up to me and she said, you're the first person I see in the morning and the last person I see at night because your poster is on my fridge. And I listen to your music every day. And I went, that's absolutely beautiful that to her, I'm more than an artist. I'm the person that she sees every morning that I should be more than a friend. So these Sunday sit-downs, you know, she doesn't get to go on a cruise. She gets to see me every Sunday and chat with me and hear about it and I get to hear about her life. And, you know, that's also why I'm taking this show on the road. I wanted to kind of take this and tour to the places where my fans are and put a show on there. You know, they've been so supportive streaming my songs, getting one more song, the last song that I released, over 400,000 streams on Spotify and, you know, it playlisted on so many incredible playlists like I'm beyond grateful for the support not just on Spotify but you know repping the merch singing the songs at the top of their lungs <laughs> using it on TikTok that I kind of want to pay them back and go well I want to come and see you and I want to take this uh, show to you and bring you that joy wow wow and let's continue this theme because I think there's also a potential teaching moment in it because I would love for you to share with the audience more about the loyalty that you are so fortunate to have from your fan base but maybe also any tips that you have for aspiring performers in terms of the time and the work that you have to put in as an artist to stay connected with those folks who stay dedicated to you in your career? My biggest piece of advice would be to remember your why. Music is definitely not a job that you go in for to become famous. I don't think that that's Mm. a healthy reason to choose music. Music is a career path where you just love what you do every single day and you wear so many different hats from CEO to merchandising to publishing to songwriting to producing to accounting to booking agent to manager to radio to a publisher to, you know, there's so many different hats that you have to wear as an independent artist before you're even signed to a record label that it's actually constantly hard work. You know, I've spent the past couple of weeks asking everybody that I've met to pre-save and, you know, you've still got one more day (laughs) to pre-save before it comes out. So if you're out there listening and you want to be a part of this experience, I definitely encourage you to pre-save and support your friends and go click a couple of buttons. It's completely free, but it makes all the difference in the world. You know, so to an aspiring artist, I would be, you know, wake up and remember your why. Have it written down everywhere that you can. Why are you doing this? Because it's quite hard work that you don't want to get lost in it. You want to keep that love there and keep that joy. And my second favorite piece of advice would be love what you do. Like, if you're loving it, you don't need to ride somebody else's wave. You don't need to go, oh, this person on TikTok does this and they've got a record label and I'm trying hard and I'm not doing it. You know, everybody has their own path in life. And if you love what you do, it doesn't really matter what wave you're riding. Ride your own wave, create your own wave. That would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. And good for you for slipping in, audience, that if you are listening to this on the day it's coming out, the 7th or on Thursday the 8th, that you can still pre-save. But if you're not hearing this interview until the 9th or after that, then by all means, please support Cassidy Ray by going and purchasing a download of the song. But I just want to jump back to the advice that you are giving out, which I think is wonderful, 
because you said something just in the lead up to that that I think is really important, Cassidy Ray. I love the way that you framed going out on tour. I think a lot of artists look at it as, okay, here's where I go make my money is out on the road and the fans are going to be waiting for me. And the way you framed it was they're so supportive, I'm going to see them. Yeah, 100%. I think for me, it was never about the money. It was never about, I think the focus on finances becomes about the finances. I think what you think about is what you attract. And for me, music and my favorite part is about actually connecting with people and providing them an emotional outlet in these songs, providing them something relatable, whether they listen to my song more and they go, oh, my goodness, I'm not the only one, whether they listen to my song, damn, it feels right, and they go, oh, I felt that too, I feel like this, whether they listen to Cheers Y'all and they go, yes, this is what I want to feel like, this is, you know, the party song, whether they're listening to one more song and they're just chanting it. I was at Cork and Cromer performing the other day and the owner, Hillary, said, you know, I was listening to your song on the drive and it is, I feel like it's live. I feel like mm. I'm at the party with you. Wow. You know, this music career and this this journey and this whole goal of mine has always been to connect and it's not been about I'm going to give you something so you can pay me. It's always been about I want to give you something that is worthy of your time mm. because there are so many artists out there that if I can make that two minutes listening to me instead of listening to Taylor Swift, who already has, you know, millions of streams, you know, if I can make that worthy of your time, then it's worth it for me. So I I take that into everything that I do from the merchandise that I create. You know, I have a circle of fans. I call them the inner circle where, you know, I actually go to them and I go, this is the merchandise that I'm putting on the shirts. What do you think? This is the new logo. What do Mm. you think? This is the, like I ask for their opinion because they're going to be the ones that are wearing it. If they love the song right. that much that they want to wear it on their bodies, you know, they kind of should get a part in it and should get a say in it. And the same goes for touring. You know, they're constantly there supporting it every day. They're messaging going, you know, I'm listening to your song. I'm putting posters up all around the town. I'm telling people as many as I can to pre-save your song. Everybody I meet, you know, they deserve me to make an effort to come to them. Yeah, and I love the part that you said about the time that people give to it because I think of that all the time and I wish that on every episode I could tell the audience over and over and over. I think it would get a little annoying for people who listen regularly and thank you whether you listen once or twice or whether you listen regularly. But when I look and I see that someone listened to the show in Sweden or someone listened to the show in Thailand or someone listened to the show in South Africa, I think to myself exactly what you just said is, wow, you gave up 45, 50, 55 minutes, sometimes an hour of your time to listen to my show when there's so many other podcasts out there. And that just means the world to me. So it is important, as you said, that our audiences recognize that we as the creators are doing this for them and we want them to get something from it. And it's absolutely not about us, at least for you and I. We certainly know that there's other creators out there that do want the attention and do it because they want the glory and the hype and the money. And I'm glad to connect with someone who is like-minded because I don't do this for myself by any stretch of the imagination. You had the opportunity to come to the U.S., to play one of your songs for publishers in Nashville. Tell us all about that, meaning how did you get the opportunity and how did it go? But also, what else did you do while you were in Music City? Because certainly you were not going to travel all the way from Australia to just play one song for publishers for an hour or so, and that's it. (laughs) 
It is such a crazy story. So I was on a cruise ship sailing from Seattle to Sydney. And on the very first night of a 30-night cruise, I'd finished a three-hour, four-hour show. And the guests started chanting, one more song, one more song. And I stupidly said out loud, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. I wonder how many nights in a row you can keep this going. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that because we got to the 14th night and they're still chanting one more song. And I said, that's it. If you keep chanting one more song, I'm going to write you a song called One More Song so that the next time you chant it, I'm going to play you my own song. We got to the 15th night and one more song was born. It's this whole song that is about, you know, good vibes on repeat and keeping those parties going, keeping it about the music. You know, there are people that go and play pubs and they're in the back and they're meant to be background music and that's not what my show has ever been. And, you know, to have people chanting one more song I thought was you know, such an honour and I got to write about that and I was ready to release this song. I got to produce it with some incredible producers who've worked with Tina Turner and some Golden Guitar winners here in Australia, which is like the equivalent of CMA Academy Award winners there in America and I got to work with them and we produced one more song and while I was still away on residencies, I applied to play for publishers in Nashville. I just sailed back from Sydney to Seattle, another 30-day cruise, got off in Seattle and was flying home that day. And as I was on the plane, I got emailed, congratulations, you've been chosen as one of out of thousands of people to play your songs. Your songs have been accepted as being good enough to play for these publishers and I'm like I wish I got told this 12 hours ago because I wouldn't have flown back to Sydney so I flew all the way back to Nashville it was July last year June last year right at the CMA festival I got to go experience the CMA festival for the very first time I got to play at some songwriter rounds during the CMA festival I got to go see some friends that were actually at the CMAs playing all around for the festival. And then I had the extreme opportunity to be in a room with Nashville publishers and play for them my song and multiple songs, actually, songs that I had never released, songs that I had released and actually got to hear what they thought. You know, these people were like Aubrey Schwartz and Emily Gale, people that had worked with Luke Combs, people had worked with Cutting Music, for Luke Bryan, people that had worked with Brad Paisley and Frank Rogers, you know, these incredible, like, people in the industry, you know, that had affiliated with Sony and so much more. For about a week we got to sit in this room, hear their take on country music, the industry at the moment, hear their opinions of the songs. I had publishers say that One More Song was a stadium banger and I kid you not, I found the nearest, tallest building I could, went to the very top and screamed my little heart out. I was so excited. (laughs) You know, I was giddy and riding that to be honest, I'm still riding that high. I'll find a balcony and I'll be like, oh, my goodness, one more song was considered a stadium banger, you know, and so that was an extreme, incredible pinch-me moment that happened last year. It was amazing. That's so cool, and I love the way this all fits together, but, my gosh, I, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but June of 2022, back on episode 434, my guest was Blue Foley, who is a two-time Grammy nominee. 
in addition to having been nominated for a Dove Award for Song of the Year, he's based in Nashville, singer, songwriter, guitar player. And he was nominated for the 2019 Australia's Golden Guitar Award for Best Traditional Country Album. And you just heard Cassidy Ray mention the Australia Golden Guitar Award. So I love when things like that happen. It's just such cool synergy. But you just talked about the song one more song. And we're going to close with that. And I want you to just talk a little bit more about that song. But at the same time, as you describe that before I close out and play it, Cassidy Ray, it sounds like the songs that you have talked about throughout our interview are such personal experiences for you that I can't imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm putting this in the form of a question, but I can't imagine that you do co-writes because these songs all come from your personal experiences. And when you're on a cruise ship for Pete's sake and you're writing a song out at sea, I don't know how you could collaborate with somebody and write long distance from whatever ocean you're sailing through. But if you can just kind of bring us up to date on, on your songwriting. And then, like I said, just anything else that you want to add about the song called One More Song. Yeah, so a lot of these songs are extremely personal and close to my heart. I like to think of them as like a piece of my heart. And so I look at them and I'm very proud of them. I kind of have posters all in my room at the moment that I'm sitting in looking at the releases. And, you know, it just almost brings tears to my eyes at the work that's been put in and the love that's been put into every single era and these these songs have brought me. But I actually love co-writing. I love songwriting. Mm. I'm very fortunate to be able to sit down with my producers, M Squared, and actually co-write with them and oh. bring these songs magic. I feel like, you know, when a song just feels like magic, I love being able to sit down and co-write. And I've been very fortunate to have some co-writes all over in Nashville. Thankfully, you know, the internet and technology, the advancement (laughs) of it, I'm very grateful. Zoom, Skype, Google Meets provide such great opportunities to be able to connect with everybody no matter where you are in the world and and kind of bring magic to life. So Nashville Songwriting Association International is definitely a great platform to meet new songwriters that are more than happy to co-write over Zoom. But, yeah, One More Song was definitely a song that was so close to my heart and it was, you know, it showed me that my future is less about, you know, heartbreak and heartache because, honestly, I'm being surrounded by love and joy and happiness and parties that a lot of my songs and the songs that I'm going to be releasing throughout this year are feel-good anthems that are like ultimate party starters. You know, they're filled to the brim with like these melodies that are just so infectious that you can't let them go, that you've got, you know, yourself dancing, foot stumping, and the crowds are just going to be craving one more round of like good vibes and, and good tunes. We work hard all week and people just want to have fun. That's what this is. Yeah, that's a great lesson because I think what the songwriters out there need to glean from what you just shared is that because you are in this vacation atmosphere, you're surrounded by people on a cruise ship who are there to have a good time, you're not going to come away from that writing all these heavy ballads, all these breakup songs. And so the lesson for songwriters is consider the environment that you spend a lot of time in because that's obviously going to impact what you write. And maybe you can be inspired at one of your own live shows to draw from the audience, to draw from that energy, to draw from the good time that hopefully you're providing and write a whole bunch of fun, upbeat, 
party songs, if I can call them that, that Cassidy Ray is talking about. So Cassidy Ray, whether you know it or not, you've provided a lot of great nuggets on this interview in terms of lessons and just some great teaching moments. But at the same time, congratulations. You've done so much and there's so much more to come. And we're going to be excited for the release of the new song on Friday and to see what else you've got in store for 2024. Thank you so much. I'm going to struggle to walk out of the door frame now. My head won't fit through the door. (laughs) Filling me with compliments. Seriously, it has been such a joy to talk to you. So thank you for having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. That will do it for another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Cassidy Ray. Do visit her official website at cassidy-ray.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Her new single, Fangirl, comes out this Friday, February 9th. Purchase Cassidy Ray's original music from the store section of her website, CDs and digital downloads, or get Fangirl and other music from her back catalog from the likes of Apple Music, Amazon Music, the usual online digital music retailers. As I said before, do give her a follow on Spotify, but don't just stream her music. Remember to look on Cassidy-Ray.com for social media links so you can engage with her that way. I have followed her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I know she would appreciate you doing the same. For that matter, tell Cassidy Ray you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Be sure to subscribe to her YouTube channel as well, and then watch and like the videos on there. Remember that she is even on TikTok as well. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Cassidy Ray and I. And I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, about to be 10 years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 521. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Cassidy Ray. This is the one she just talked about. It's called One More Song. Crowd is jumping, bass is thumping under neon lights. Amp is humming, guitar strumming, and damn it feels right. Oh, 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 oh. Feeders tapping, hands are clapping till the song.